Welcome, everybody, to episode six of Ultra Pro Max, the podcast where we talk about app development and the Apple ecosystem. Um, I'm joining you here, Luke. Uh, we've got Josh. Hey, hello. And we have Sadia joining us as well. Hey, I just found out just now that where I live, the state where I live, uh, just allowed you to use an app for your license. There's like a digital license thing now. I don't know if it uses the actual Apple thing, but this means I am completely wallet free now. Up until now, I've always had to have my wallet in my car. I just kept it in my car. I don't carry it with me. It just lives in my car. But now I can just uh, donate my wallet to somebody else who needs it. And I do not need a wallet at all. Next step, I need to buy a car that has car key support. And then I'm just phone, no wallet, no keys. That's pretty fun. I still have to do the wallet thing um, and watch, well, let's see, when I leave the house, watch wallet, keys, AirPods, iPhone. Those are the uh, minimum mandatory items. <laughs> wow. AirPods always in my pocket, yeah. Does it seem a little, is it weird to, that it seems a little dystopian to just have to walk around with only your phone and nothing else? Why is that dystopian? I don't think so. I don't know. It just feels like you're one step closer you're one step closer to putting a chip in you. It's just a conspiracy theorist in me. I, I don't know. <laughs> no more hard keys. I, I, I definitely grew up with that conspiracy theory angle of the government's going to take us over and control us. And now it's like, well, if they wanted to, we've made it very easy. <laughs> yeah, we're already too far gone. I don't understand how having a digital license, that doesn't make sense to me. So this is an American cultural thing where you're not you're not going to take away my physical wallet. There's no way I'm going to trust you. So you've got about a good third of America who is skeptical of any such thing, and they push back for 30 years against ever having real IDs or digital IDs. <laughs> okay, okay, but just explain it to me. What is the conspiracy? What I I don't understand what could possibly happen if you didn't have a what like explain it. I don't get it. That's so funny. It's so hard to articulate, honestly. I like when you ask me to explain. I'm like, uh, uh, it's just in my DNA from 1776. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> we bleed red blood uh, and uh, blue blood and white blood. <laughs> yeah, we're so it's one of those things. Like, and I'm not one of them, but many Americans, we've got to have our gun, our beers, and like our freedom. And it doesn't even make logical sense most of the time. <laughs> Okay, but hold on. Let's just get this straight. Guns, you know, all right, we won't go down that rabbit hole on this podcast. That's no, fine. no, please all right. send help. <laughs> beer, everybody likes beer. You're not unique about that. Great. You've got a license. It's issued already by the government. The government can invalidate it. The government can make it a worthless piece of plastic on their systems. Do you have chips in your licenses? Uh, no, we only have a QR code which scans the exact information that's in the license, but yeah, there is okay. no, there's no chip involved. And so, like, if the police decide they don't care about license any anymore, they don't care about license. Like, what's the difference? What's the difference between a digital license and a QR code and an actual plastic license? It's not like money over there. It is plastic, right? My, our money is not plastic. No, no, but your license is. It's plastic, yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't think there's... No, in this specific issue, I don't think there's any rational reason for it. I think it's just it feels similar to... Like, for example, if they were to go straight digital currency and not, you know, issue paper cash anymore, not accept your paper cash, Americans would riot. And it, I think it kind of feels similar. All right. All right. I don't, I still don't get it, but we can move on. <laughs> Moving on away from, away from politics. 
We don't want to change the genre tag on our podcast here. The Apple event was last evening. I was not able to attend, unfortunately, but we've got you covered here. Josh and Sadia have, they watched, they blew up our group chat and they have lots of opinions. I just got to ask, did you have any context for our group chat since you seemed surprised there was an event last night? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. The funniest thing, I was rushing around last night because I had like three different meetings to get to and I forgot to put the event in my calendar. And then the group chat's blowing up. And at first I thought you were like referring to our like, you sent a link to the our Spotify or something on podcast, and I thought that it had to do with our podcast originally. I was like, "What is going on?" I eventually muted it because I was in a meeting, and then I come back and I'm like, "What is that?" I forgot to look at it later, but now I'm like, "Oh, Apple event, same time." I'm just yeah, embarrassed. And and you're going, "Why are they saying, oh, black, so good?" Yeah, monsters, uh, flashing monster eyes, Halloween theme. I'm like, what is going pirate? Like, what is happening? <laughs> So anyways, yeah, please unpack all of those uh, little Easter eggs for us. I was trying to figure out, as were many other folks, what would be the point of the night event. And one of my favorite takes, and I'm not, I haven't been able to avoid people's takes on this event entirely, although I've been trying, is this might have just been a test by Apple to see what a different time uh, event get eyeballs. So this was, I think, the first time they've ever done it at this time of the day. And it was a new experience. As uh, Sadia was sharing, you, you're used to waking up at 3 a.m. in Australia, and this was a, a more relaxing time to wake up. I don't think it's anything so complicated. It's it's just that they wanted to do a Halloween theme, you know, like it's the Apple Christmas special. Uh, and they film the Halloween whatever, and they watch it back. And of course, because it, you filmed it at nighttime. So they filmed the Halloween thing. And of course, because it's Halloween, everything is dark and scary. And you try and watch that during the daytime. It doesn't, it doesn't jive. So let's air it at night instead. Like, what's the difference? This is the new era of Apple events. There are no more stages with keynote presentations and live demos, which, you know, Maybe there's something lost there, but it is what it is. And so Apple can have a bit of fun with it. They're not limited to what they always do. So I think think it was a great idea. I thought it was great. I thought thought it was fun. It was different. I, I know that some people thought it was a little trite. I hope that they keep doing something sort of weird and wacky like this every year. Not always Halloween, but like, let's do an interesting one here and there. It was cheesy in a way that I was okay with, right? You can tell they're testing out things that feel like a full movie production. They've been doing this since COVID, and this was a whole different test. And I caught that at the end, and then I was able, it's been talked about today. The event was shot on the iPhone. I was surprised, and then I thought about it, and then realizing, you know, with their gimbals and their proper lighting setup, that makes sense. And it looked fantastic. I was just, I was blown away once I saw that little item at the end. And that also was a way for them to kind of brag that this is a nighttime event filmed on an iPhone. That's that's a pretty cool thing. Oh, cool. Awesome. We also I also see here in the notes, three na- oh, well, the M3 chip, that was what that would be. And then three nanometer lithography. Tell us about that. I wasn't sure if there was going to be an M3 introduced. And uh, I was watching the comparisons throughout the, the event that it's drastically better than the M1. And then at one point they're like, it's 11 times better than Intel machine. And I'm thinking, all right, that's that's nice. That's an interesting old comparison. But there was not a lot of comparisons to the M2. I remember when the M2 came out, one of the things that was talked about is because they can control the whole chip ecosystem, they can work with TSMC to build what they want to build. They were able to up, and I'm going to get this term wrong because I'm tired, but <laughs> they were able to up the amount of transistors and kind of artificially boost things a little bit more by having more cores in there. 
And so in this M3, they went back to a little bit less coarse. So in some weird ways, it's a, almost a downgrade from M2. It's not the, the huge jump that we were expecting. So it, it's this thing where if you're coming from an M1, this is a fantastic upgrade. If you're coming from an M2, there, there's, there's no, well, there might be one reason we'll get to later to upgrade, but overall, it was interesting, and I think it was an iteration on what we had before, but I don't expect we're going to see these drastic shifts we did, like from Intel to Silic Apple Silicon. I think Apple understands that this whole thing is just an ad. It's an ad. Planning the slides, and they're, talk they're talking about, oh, well, what comparisons are we going to do? It would be easy to say, oh, they're just going to give the most favorable comparison, right? It's a... Uh, 50% or 250% on top of M1, but it's not as much on top of M2, so you give them more favorable one. But I actually don't think that that's it. I think that the first question asked is, who are we selling this to? Who's the customer for this? We've got this new MacBook Pro, this new iMac, and who's the most likely person to buy it? Well, probably not the people who already own this cool new iMac that looks exactly the same, not the M1 iMac. People who already own that aren't going to buy it. So who is people maybe who own an Intel iMac or an Intel Mac mini or something like that. And then the same with a, with a MacBook Pro, you know, professionals maybe have a little bit more of a regular upgrade cycle. And so they're comparing it to the M1 because nobody with an M2 who bought their, their MacBook Pro this year, you know, in January or, or even more recently is going to want to upgrade to the M3. So you do the comparison for the customer. I think that's a great point. After following Apple news for so long, I waffle between being excited and just being a jaded skeptic. It's hard to like figure out in a given moment, what does a new event mean for me? And you're right. I've, <laughs> I'm sitting with an M1 MacBook Pro maxed out, an M2 MacBook Pro Pro model that's fantastic. Like there is, there's nothing from this event that I need, right? I, I've got what I need. However, it makes these things easier that when a, a friend or a family member is looking for a new laptop or an iMac, I have some quick things I can go through with them. What is your budget? What are you looking for? Great. We just had some new ones come out. In fact, this is a great time to pick up last year's model. It's going to be at a big discount. Or if you want this particular feature, get this new model. And you're right. For People who look to their geeky tech friends for what they should get, those are the kind of folks that these kind of events can make a difference for. Right. So in that sense, it's really very grassroots advertising, advertising to the people who are going to be talking about it. I like that. It's a, it's a good way of doing marketing. I try to do that for my own products. I try to do that for my own apps is try to do more of a grassroots campaign as opposed to targeted Instagram ads that are going to follow people around the web. You know what I mean? Wait, so do you have an intentional way of doing that? Because you're right. Word of mouth is the best uh, conversion rate. That's that's right. So I do have an intentional way of doing that. And it's like finding the people who people, it, it completely depends on the apps uh, category, you know, but uh, in the case of an app at the, that I'm working on at the moment, it's a beer app. We're getting involved in, in the beer industry and we're with breweries and we're talking with event organizers and this sort of thing. We're in magazines, beer magazines, getting reviews from the most you know well-known beer influencers. That's the sort of marketing we're doing. We're not on Facebook doing targeted campaigns for people who said that they like beer. I, I want to go back to that earlier point. There are several times a year where 
Um, I, I get to talk to someone about it's it's their time to get a new computer. For me, I always kind of light up. I'm like, hey, let's let's talk about it. And they they've learned that they can come to me because I'm always excited. I'm always <laughs> like, hey, your life is going to change if you have a little bit of money to get this thing or if you get this thing. And I can still recommend for most people that an M1 MacBook Air is probably going to be just fine. Um, I I would say, hey. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's uh, criminal to have to pay that amount, but upgrade the RAM to 16 gigs and you are going to have a fantastic time. Like that laptop will last you for years. And then it's like, all right, beyond that, if you have more money than cents, let's talk about all the fun things you can do. But I can wholeheartedly recommend just about any Mac these days. And I think the lineup, actually, I want to jump ahead. So for the MacBook Pros, uh, we'll pour one out for the touch bar. <laughs> My touch bar is dead. Rip, it's been flickering half of it. Now all of it. The whole thing is gone. Oh, it's gone now completely. Oh, shoot. Like half the day it's gone, the other half it's back. But So it got the subliminal update from Apple that it's time to go. It's time to head to the graveyard and um, Luke needs to get a new one. You know, it's gotten to the point where I can kind of just tap in the middle and get the emoji I want. And I, I can't even see it, but I get it. It works. I know where the escape key is. I hit it. It works. I can't see it, but it's there. <laughs> I saw someone's take today that the problem with the touch bar is people just didn't ad adjust their fingers to the right locations. I'm like, no, that is fundamentally incorrect holding it wrong i love yeah. the touch bar what's the problem why do people hate it why is it gone the problem is and this was another take i saw is it replaced the function keys if it had been an addition to the function keys i think it would have been fantastic there was so many good things the touch bar did but i could never develop the full muscle memory to do what i normally do with the function keys and when you are trying to change the volume you have to tap once to op or the, the brightness you have to tap once to open the brightness panel then tap again there's no muscle memory i could develop with the functions i'm used to doing um so i was so glad to get rid of my touch bar mac <laughs> well you do know you just have to tap it one time and then slide and it, yeah, it adjusts true. the bright. You don't have to do the double tap. I learned that <laughs> like two years into it, but you know. That's a good point that the discoverability, there was some problems, right? They never iterated. Had they iterated on it, had they played with things, I think it was a brilliant idea. Uh, I just, they never went beyond that first iteration. I also like the touch bar. I'm in the touch bar camp. I, I liked it. I think that it's sad that it's gone, but we knew it was coming. I was, are we more bummed that it, that they didn't iterate it, that they got rid of it. I loved it. Shucks, just having the little slider there, I'd be working on a project and I could, it was a third screen for, or a second screen for me almost because I had, I could slide and swipe between on video content without having to slide back to that window to change the play position. And there's all kinds of things you could do with it. I think that's one of the greatest use cases, right? If you're doing video editing or audio editing, or you're in some kind of a complicated application, it gives you some flexibility. And that, I mean, the reason the iPhone one of the amazing things about it is they removed the hardware, all those buttons, and the software could just open up to be anything you wanted. So that was an attempt with the touch bar. And I think had there been a possibility of iterating further, it it would have been interesting to see where it went. For instance, making the escape key a hardware button, it was a good thing. So in later iterations, they brought that back. <laughs> I remember the frustration with not having a proper escape key. When I was terrified, if the touch bar broke and I didn't have an escape key, I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to be held <laughs> hostage by these apps. I think the ultimate version of the touch bar is one where the keys are still differentiated. So you still have individual keys, but each key has a screen. Which, uh, what are those devices? Oh, I'm going to blank on the name. What is that thing called? 
that allows you to have a little <laughs> device. By Are you chat GPTing this right now? I'm just doing Google and it's going to fail me. We have to have an episode about what search engines we use. Oh, got to a stream deck. Oh, yeah. Hey, I just asked ChatGPT. I typed in everything. You were just rambling and it said stream deck. ChatGPT <laughs> is unmatched. All right. It beat Google. <laughs> I, Google failed me. Or maybe we'll keep some of that in. So what you're describing, what if there was like a stream deck on your Mac, right? Th- th- they are incredibly useful. And what I, everyone I've heard who gets a stream deck, they always get the smallest one and they end up getting a larger one because they come up with more use cases and more buttons. Uh, so yeah, if there had been a world where the MacBook Pro keys had been something like a stream deck or the touch bar, that'd be awesome. I think Apple's thinking on the touch bar was like, okay, yeah, there's the volume keys, F10, F11, F12, I use those. And F1 and F2, the screen brightness, yeah, occasionally I do use those too. But then everything in between is contextual. Like I almost never use it. There's a trackpad shortcut. Uh, you know, there's a keyboard shortcut that's even easier than pressing the spotlight button. Or the do not disturb button. I never use that. Maybe I should. Yesterday was the first day I ever used it because I saw it in the Apple event. And I'm like, wait a minute. That, that's what that means? I thought that was put the computer to sleep. <laughs> but these, like in an ideal world where physical things, you know, were able to be changed easily, then these should be customizable. I would love a keyboard that was like Elgato, but the entire thing. Maybe if when I'm in Figma, all the keys change to the shortcuts that I that I need. And then you hold that you hold the command key and all the keys change. Oh, that'd be sick. You're in Logic Pro, you're in Figma, you're in Photoshop, and they just swap out. I actually, when I was about 10 years ago, I bought an entire sticker set that I imposed over my laptop for Adobe Illustrator shortcuts. And that way I could learn them. And I did. Every time I need to do a shortcut, I would look down. And over time, I now know about 30 shortcuts in Adobe Illustrator. Doesn't help me too much these days. <laughs> but it, what if your laptop could shift in that way? And I, yeah, I don't know if that will ever happen, but it's pretty amazing. There, there does exist something like that, actually. It's called Flux, F-L-U-X. I've, I've seen it before. It's been around for a while, I think. This is the future of keyboard. Oh, wow. I'm speechless, honestly. That's exactly what you described. Yeah, it's a whole screen across your keyboard. Do they click and clack? I need my keyboard to click and clack. So uh, you're a loud, clacky keyboard kind of guy. Yeah, it doesn't need to. I mean, no, it doesn't need to be super loud. I've I've, my, I've had roommates with loud, clickety clackety keys, and I can't do that to anybody else. But I do like a. It, it's got to feel good. I'll say that. I have never fully gotten into hardware keyboards, but I had a couple just old Microsoft keyboards that made a they made a racket, and I loved it. It just made me feel so productive every time I start typing something up. It. <laughs> yeah, there's something about it. Final Mouse Centerpiece. It's called the Final Mouse, one word, Centerpiece, one word. Pure magic coming soon. Oh, it's, oh, that makes a lot of sense. For some reason, I was thinking that like the each key had to be a screen, but it's like a screen with like transparent hardware on top of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that okay, that's much more. I feel a little gypped off though. Each key needs to be its own screen, $10,000 and above club right here. Any other hardware takeaways from this event? I see there's a couple other things on there we didn't cover. I think the Space Black, even though, no, it is not black. I think it looks gorgeous. For some people, that would be tempting to upgrade. Not for me. That's way too much, uh, way too rich for my blood. But it's, I don't know. I, I like the idea of Apple experimenting with color. Um, it's not, Sadio was mentioning in our group chat, the uh, black iBook was truly black. But it's pretty cool that they're playing with this again. Man, I missed that book, that iBook. It was it was so good. 
I think the most interesting thing from the event, I mean, we could just go through bit by bit or whatever, but I think the most interesting thing is what wasn't updated. I think the most interesting part of the event is not what was updated, but what wasn't updated. I could be proven wrong about this in the coming days, but it seems like the new iMac that comes with the Magic Keyboard, it still is a lightning cable. I looked up on the store, there's nothing about USB-C. And if you look for the Magic Keyboard individually, it's still a lightning cable. I think it's all still a lightning cable. I had so much hope that Apple was going to be like, all right, we know everybody wants USB-C. We're going to get on the USB-C train and we're going to do it fast, right? Because we had the iPhone, then we had the AirPods, and we've had like this consistent run of, all right, this is USB-C. Now this is updated to USB-C. It's been pretty quick succession. This iMac is going to be here for two years. And while it's here, it's going to have a lightning port on the keyboard and, and potentially even the same terrible design mouse. I think that we still remember the old days of Steve Jobs saying, let's simplify things and not worry about profit and let's not worry about costs. Let's just make things incredibly elegant across the whole line. Apple today has an evolution of that, that eventually there will be a snapshot in time where things make sense, but then there'll be years where they don't on both sides of that snapshot because we are going to be the wealthiest company in the world. And you don't get that way by um, thinking about things like innovation and, and great product lines that are simple. And it frustrates me because why could I not have a magic mouse and a keyboard now and a trackpad that are all USB-C? There, there's no reason not to do it at this stage. Why not just bring those along? But they're they're not going to for probably a year, a couple of years. And frankly, they will keep bringing in money. That's not going to change anything. <laughs> I wouldn't buy one just for that own, only that reason is that I want, I actually want to get a trackpad. It is on my list, but I am not buying something that has a lightning cable. You know, I want to get rid of all the lightning cables out of my life, please. You though are probably in the minority. I, I'm with you as well, by the way. I'm not going to buy a single, if I can help it, I'm not going to buy another peripheral that's US, that's lightning ever again, if I can avoid it. Um, for other people, they need something, they're going to get it, and then they'll buy it and they'll be like, crap, why is this cord not fit? And then they'll be annoyed and move on. For me, I am looking forward to the day where I will never see lightning again, but man, it might still be a few years out. Do we hate lightning, the specs of what it does, or just the fact that it's one more connection? Lightning is a one of the most innovative things that ever came out in terms of a port. But USB-C was a lateral move that improved on it in a bunch of ways, in nearly all ways. And I think it's the inconsistency of these stupid little cords all look the same to my aging eyes until I can like actually turn them face on and stare at it for a second to figure out which one it is. And they all, it's the, the fact that my, I now have to carry around two versions of everything, right? I have to have a lightning cable for this, a USB-C cable for this. And I would love a day where I could go on a trip with nothing but a couple of USB-C cables, maybe a MagSafe just for the ex the heck of it. But I can't do that yet. And uh, fine, it's a first world problem. I'll just buy an extra cord, but I have so many cords. So it is more, I, I would love the consistency of a single type of cord for everything in my life. It's also just the flexibility, right? So I, we just went camping and I forgot to bring a charger for my MacBook Pro. And I'm working while we're away for a week and I didn't have a charger. Now, MacBook Pro is an amazing battery life, but 
you know, that could be a problem. However, my wife, she bought her phone and she bought it with a USB-C cable. And so even though the puck to charge it was not powerful enough to be able to run it, you know, I could still charge it overnight and it would work and it would be 100% in the morning. When you have everything that's the same, it, it just gives you so much more flexibility. So you can just go, oh, I'll plug this. I can plug this into the USB-C port on my computer and I can plug it into that and I can plug it in everywhere and it all just works. Survival principle. Survive on one piece of equipment, not 50. I spend an inordinate... Inordinate. It's the curse of the podcaster. How do you pronounce that stupid word? Inordinate amount of time. Uh, trying to figure out proper cabling for my laptop bag. I, I carry a backpack. I have a wire dop in it. I have multiple wire dops. I have multiple packets based on what I'm doing. And I know other people too that do the same thing. They they want to have this perfect go bag where they put their laptop, they put their iPad, maybe their phone, and they have this a little bit of peripherals and accessories and they want to shrink that down. And every time I go on a trip, I try to see how small I can shrink it down because... Mm, I, uh, Marco Arment made a comment that when he travels, I think it was him, his wife is in charge of the soft things like clothing. He's in charge of the hard things like wires, cables, computers, etc. And that's the, very much the same with my wife and I. And it's not her responsibility. It's my responsibility to figure out to make sure all our devices will be charged on a trip. So if they were all USB-C, man, it would it would make things easier whenever we travel. If it was all USB-C, you'd have 10%. She'd have 90% of the responsibility. You only have 10. Gotta <laughs> yes. bring that number down. I, I, this is true. There's not a 50-50. I'm being very blatant <laughs> about that. But I take my 10% very seriously. <laughs> when we, we travel, I pack the clothes, the kids' clothes, the, all the hard things and all the soft things. Otherwise, we just never have anything. Uh, you know, That's a different story. No, when I travel, if I'm on my own, I don't have this big grab bag of different things. I take just my MacBook charger. I take one USB-C cable, and I bring my USB-C to Apple Watch cable. And I don't understand why people don't talk about this more often. They talk about bringing different charging stands and things like this. No, just plug your device into your MacBook and plug your MacBook into the wall, and you're good. They can charge off of that. I do that when I travel by myself. I I am loath to do that when I travel with kids because it's not as like, I'm a little worried about having this device just laying around somewhere. Unless I know I'll be at a hotel where it can be up on a desk, th then I will use the MacBook to run things through. Uh, but otherwise I've been a little hesitant for some trips to do that. You need the most expensive MacBook if you're gonna do that though, because you need all the ports. I have it and I have all the ports and I have done that sometimes. Like I was on a trip by myself and I brought the MacBook, one brick, and a couple of cables. It was pretty sweet. Living the dream. I do need to make an apology to our listeners. Maybe you can stick this at the beginning. I did the unthinkable. Uh, my stomach is in my throat. I forgot to hit record. This is my second time recording with QuickTime, and I thought I knew what I was doing. It turns out red means that you're not recording. I, I thought red meant you were <laughs> recording. That's, so, that's why I have backups. That's why I have Zoom. This is why So everybody, I'm sorry you get to hear my voice old school through the Zoom crackle crackle, but... You get this apology in glorious um, HDR, uh, HDR condenser <laughs> mic glory. I, I wonder, by the way, QuickTime's record mechanism is confusing. I, I use it because it comes <laughs> default on the Mac. I've recommended it to Lance, my other co-host. But I think this the, the, it might make sense for you to grab like Audio Hijack's uh, little recorder app because you just it's very clear how to record. Audio Hijack, all our podcaster listeners. So by... Re 
Rogue Amoeba, Audio Hijack. But for you, I'd grab Audio Hijack or maybe just Piezo. It's their simpler little app where it's just a single button. But I think you would prefer Audio Hijack for all the stuff you can do with it, like pre-processing. QuickTime isn't hard. I don't know what you're talking about. It's so simple. It's just one button. It's a menu bar app. It's not an app. And which is a little bit confusing, right? You have to, I have to show my menu bar because it's hidden by default. So I have to swipe up there and I have to remember to go to file, new movie or new audio recording. Then you have to remember to make sure your mic's selected. Then you press record. So yes, it, it's pretty end. simple, but yeah. you, you have to remember that command in. There's no app that just shows up when you load up QuickTime. Uh, see, I, I, does it give me any functionality outside of logic? That's my thing. I was recording in logic. And then these two fellows said, why are you recording in logic? It's a lot of Ram for nothing. And I said, well, fair enough. <laughs> and now I'm here dropping audio recordings. No, you can record in logic if it works. But last time we tried to do that, <laughs> it just it wasn't working. So. Yeah. Another bid for a new Mac for Luke. <laughs> we need to look at that new Mac situation for Luke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was another podcast episode. No more Intel, baby. That that we talked about that thing being for the Intel users. That event was for me, and I missed it. I'm gonna go back and watch it. Final question: What are you gonna upgrade to? Or maybe that's a topic for next week. Maybe it's a topic for next week. I need at least 16 gigs of RAM, and I I gotta get. I don't need anything beefy. I'm a developer after all. I'm not really out there shooting movies or anything. But yeah, we'll have to we'll have to dive into that for sure. It was great talking with you both, as always. I want to make a, a plug for you, our listeners, to give us some feedback. Please, please shoot us an email at email at... Oh, man, that's funny. I just had to say email at twice. Please shoot us an email at email at ultrapromax.fm. That's email at sign ultrapromax.fm. Please let us know how we're doing. If you have any suggestions about our production, what we talk about, or just ha- want to say hi and Tell us you love us. We're narcissists over here, but aren't we all? So uh, that is it. Uh, Thank you all for joining us this week at Ultra Pro Max. Uh, We'll see you next week.